0: In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Nirvana's grunge classic, Never mind. And guys, I think I know how this became a hit album. I think it went a little something like this honey i'm going to the mall do you need anything
1: <laughs> what, what what did you say <laughs> what,
0: what, what do you want from the mall? from the mall
1: <laughs> god never mind
0: Alright man, I'll get you that Nirvana album, never mind. Are you sure it's the year 2020 and you're a 40-year-old man and I'm over here folding your laundry? <laughs> Why can't you stream it on your sodos like your friend Aaron? I wish you were more like your friend Aaron. When you wanna hear about the greatest albums of all time. I'm
1: not 40 yet. I'm not as old My as you <laughs> line. If you
0: wanna hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. (laughs) All right, trick or treat, everybody. Welcome to the spooky Halloween edition of Beck did it better. Uh, Let me welcome my three scary companions. It's Matt the mummy from Minneapolis. (laughs) Say hello, Matt. How are we doing, Rob? Thanks for having me. I'm Rob, part Van Helsing
2: and part Blade from New York. It's Count Ruscula from Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? All the animals I've trapped have all become my pets. It's okay to eat fish. They don't have feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And from Oakland, Zaren. I
3: I had fish for dinner yesterday. So I guess. No feelings. You're good. You're good.
0: No feelings. feelings. (laughs) Uh, so you 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 decided not to go with any more hot dogs. We've, we, just to let everybody know a little backstory of what's going on, we have just been texting each other pictures of hot dogs. Like, we really do have a very small brain, and we're just like, yeah, sounds good to me, hot dogs. Just the joke on the podcast is also the joke in the real life at all times. Uh, so it seems like everybody's going, well, rolling, going, how's it going? Matt, rolling, going, how's it going?
1: Well, I'm so happy because today I found my friends, and they're on this Wonderful, wonderful podcast. So I'm extremely. What's the name of the be-
0: podcast? I'd love to listen to it.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> Joe Rogan
0: Experience. Oh, maybe God. you've heard of it. Oh, oh. <laughs> if a kettlebell grew arms and legs and talked, it's Joe
2: Rogan. Comrade. The hell of <laughs> Spotify
0: is going to be editing our content. That's right, exactly. I should let everybody know though before uh, I let Matt go on and blather forever uh, that we are <laughs> trying to cut this podcast down to an hour. Okay, we have heard from our fan. <laughs> and they told us that the podcast is getting a little bit too long. Uh, and uh, Talk about Emerson. Uh, yeah. Well, I, he, he pretty much told me afterwards. He said, please don't. Could you just scrub out any time you mentioned my name? That'd be great. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to cut this down short. So if this seems um, shorter and it's less of me talking about feet or hot dogs or anything else it's that we've very... talked about over the last three months, that's that's going to be why. So uh, rolling going, Matt, anything else to add to the rolling going? Uh, no,
1: uh, I, I can I, to pick up on last week. You know, I keep trying to find some more cult videos. I've, I've finished the cult uh, series that you've got. I
0: edited out all the cult stuff last week, just to let you know, because that joke Did bombed. You? Oh, there's nothing in there. So thanks for listening to the edit. I appreciate it. Well, I'm consistent.
3: All right. <laughs>
1: Going good, Rob. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here today.
0: Good. That'll be a good added point. I can do that. Russell, rolling going. How's
2: it going? Rolling going. I've kind of kind of got a two-part rolling going. So the first one is, as you guys know, I'm Uncle Russ. I'm one of the greatest uncles in the history of the world. And Russ's going, wheel of rubbing my feet. Yes. And I'm going down to babysit a couple of my nieces and nephews down in Rochester this weekend. And anytime Uncle Russ shows up, i got to show up with something new and something fun. I've told you guys once before how I came up with this board game or I came up with this big wheel where it came up with new activities. So I wanted to run by my, my new idea for the new Uncle Russ game and see what you guys thought of it. Because you have kids, you can tell me good idea or bad idea. So can I run that by you quick? For okay. sure. I'm here for it. Always yeah, here we're, for here for to it. Judge. we're here to judge you. <laughs> well, I expect to be judged appropriately here. What I'm going to try to do is take the game Guess Who you guys know that game Guess Who where you've got pictures of all these little cartoon characters and right? then you guess yeah, back and right. forth does your person have a hat does your person wear glasses if you, if you pull the if you pull the female right away you're screwed because
1: you're instantly going to lose
2: <laughs> There's strat- I didn't know Just there was start- strategy this no wonder my oh, yeah. uh, night oh, yeah? keeps yeah,
0: I kicking my ass in this yeah, game I always, I always say does this person have white hair and there's well, wait, a very – no no offense, Russ, but there's very <laughs> low percentage on the board of people that have white hair. So if they have white hair, you're set. It's
2: well, no actually, this kind, of, this kind of plays right into where I'm going with this. So what I've decided to do is make my nieces and nephews a custom Guess Who game. So what I did is I went and bought the Guess Who game, and I'm taking pictures of all of their family members, so their parents, their brothers and sisters, their cousins, their aunts and uncles. And then if I don't have enough pictures of people they know I'm going to take – John Cena or superheroes or people that my nieces and nephews might know. But now that you say if it's a one question and it's automatically <laughs> going to be, does this person have white hair? Yes, it's Uncle Russ. Yeah. Now I feel like I may, t- may need to go revisit what I'm doing here. But what do you guys think of the idea of custom guess who game with only people that your kids know? I think that's awesome, Russell. But you are going to have to pick like people who look somewhat like you
0: to add to the board. So it's not just like, does this person, you know. Does this person have a big old beard sometimes and white hair? You know
2: Is, is, is this person slightly overweight? Uncle Russ. <laughs> is this person have white hair? Uncle Russ. Who could you put on there? Does you, you this know what person you... look way older than he actually is? Uncle Russ? What put on George Washington. <laughs> who who's
0: some, yeah. who some other famous dudes with white hair? This whole wooden teeth thing isn't going well Steve for Martin. me either. Uh, Steve yeah, Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin, Russell. Steve Martin. We already he talked did. about him smelling good.
3: Russell, I'm so impressed with you as an uncle. I have one uncle. He may be listening. Uh, I love him dearly, but um, his idea of entertaining me as a kid was uh, when I was young, he would say, what do crows do when the wind blows? They hang on tight and grab my leg really tight. And then uh, that graduated <laughs> to what's the capital of Thailand, Bangkok, and he would hit me in the nuts. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, well, so anything you're doing is like, I'm, I'm sorry, Kirk, if you're listening, but I mean. <laughs> that was that was the entertainment around
0: my uncle Kirk uncle. is not listening. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is classic uncle shit, isn't it? Just like causing trouble. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. did you what did you what did you buy them for a gift one time, Russell? Didn't you buy them a harmonicas or something
2: like that? I, I did buy my two nephews harmonicas last Christmas just because I I knew it would enrage their parents, and I just wanted to see the look on their face. But they actually really liked the harmonicas. <laughs>
1: yeah, anything with loud noises. Yep. Um, anything that has to do with water, particularly in the house. <laughs> or anything that has more than like five or six pieces to put together, that just pisses parents off. So you know, just just keep keep giving those gifts, and uh, it'll be good. If, you, I'm if so your goal Russell. is to,
3: yeah, the the custom guess who that's next level.
1: Yeah, that is that is phenomenal. That do you worry about um, setting the bar too high and constantly having to? Because this is pretty high. This is up there on uh, kind of the cool list.
2: I, yeah. I I do kind of worry about that, but I figure by the time I've run out of ideas, my nieces and nephews will be old enough where they don't really care about hanging out with me anyways. There's always that. So right? I figure I'm just going to go for it, it maximize the time while Uncle Russ is still cool, and they think Uncle Russ's white hair is cool, as opposed to you know four or five years from now when – when I, I I refuse to continue to go with the white white hair and they're wondering, hey, why, do, why does Uncle Russ have all these cans of just for men and why did his hair change color all of a sudden? <laughs> it's, it's, it's when Russell has stopped dating women and now he's just dating like
0: divorcees. And so he has dyed his hair jet black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he walks around and Russell is walking around to this song. Like, long this is Russell walking around <laughs> to this song. He's like, he's at the honk dog <laughs> bars. <but laughs> like, hey,
2: ladies, what's going on? Hey, I got to guess who game in, I, I in my pants. Walking around with a collapsible guitar whenever I waffle someone with it, like the powder explodes all over. <laughs> I just like to think of you being like, fuck it, I'm dying my
0: hair jet black, going out and picking up divorces at the Honky Tonk bar. Here we go. Divorces. <laughs> what are some other board <laughs> games, Russell, that you, did you consider any other board games like, uh, like, sorry? Or have you guys ever had to play like life with your kids? You know what game my kids loved to play for a while it was Children's Monopoly. Oh my oh, god. That's rough. I threw it away. I was like, I'm not playing this anymore, so I just tossed <laughs> it. I was like,
2: guess what? I'm the dad. I can do what I want. Goodbye. I did I did not consider any other games, but the, the game that, that was always the big hit in our family was the game Risk. Have you played Risk? The game of world oh. domination, right? Where you, oh, wow. you <laughs> take your armies and you try to take over all of these countries, right? Best twelve hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I always remember about that game though as a kid was you would set up these armies and you would try to take over different countries you'd roll the dice, but people would set up treaties. So I would go to oh, yeah. Aaron and I would say, Aaron, do not attack me here in Saskatchewan. And I will not attack you in the Irkutsk or somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: The Irkutsk.
2: The Irkutsk. <laughs> and so people would make all these treaties, but eventually those treaties got to get broken. Right. <laughs> and when people broke treaties and risk, friendships were ruined Family members never wanted to speak together. It was like the worst moment of board games ever when someone broke a treaty in the game risk. You know, one of the biggest arguments I
0: ever saw was with past guest Emerson and his brother and my cousins, when we would play Risk at their place, it was just a nonstop drag out. And I always I always thought I was so smart because I'd always just camp out in Australia. Like I put all my guys. <laughs> and then you realize, like, oh, you're wait, you're I'm screwed. To like, you're yeah, you're yeah, yeah, I'm done. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. But I kept doing it over and over. Yeah, Risk is, I can't believe that your family, actually, I can believe that your family played Risk, Russell. I take that back. That seems like a very Russell family thing to, to do. A- it's just like 10 hours of, like, rolling dice and then just getting so pissed at each other did you ever actually finish a game it's kind of like online dating right it's a ton of time yeah it never ends the way you want it to and at the end everybody's mad
2: uh i don't think people are usually mad i would just say disappointing and crying into their pillow at the end of the day maybe i'm confusing Uh, online dating with my marriage (laughs) i do that sometimes
0: oh I think that's awesome, Russ. Can you, when you get done with that uh, custom guess who, can you show it to us? I got, we gotta, we yeah, gotta see it. Great.
2: Absolutely, I would love to share it with you and that's the audience. Fantastic! And I can't
0: wait. Uh, if you want a picture of me, I don't know what picture of me you're going to put on the guess who, but uh, I think the three, the three of us are great. Guess who? We all look somewhat different.
3: Mm-hmm. Some,
1: I think if you somewhat. can find one with Rob with his big afro, his big curly afro that he used to have,
0: that'd yeah. be pretty sweet. Uh, rolling, going, Aaron, rolling, going. How's it going?
3: Oh, it's going good. Uh, it's another heat wave here in Oakland, so it's 85 degrees in my house, but I'm surviving okay. Um, yeah, yesterday. So um, yeah, it's terrible. Um, I'm excited right now. I just cracked open a Greenbelt Northeast, uh, an yeah. ice cold Greenbelt Northeast, which uh, I thought would be appropriate for our show tonight. Uh, I know I had to look this up, but I know uh, live, when I lived in Minneapolis, uh, I always heard about Nirvana's famous show at the uptown bar and i had to look this up it was in 1989 nirvana played the uptown in minneapolis and uh i thought that it would be appropriate to crack a green belt uh in honor of all the green belts that might have been consumed at various live shows in minneapolis over the years so i've I've got an ice cold green belt northeast i'm happy to be drinking that and talking to you guys i love the pairing um,
2: i'll drink to that rob how's it going with you oh just (laughs) you're you're so close I, I got, I got
0: skills. I got skills. It, it's it's, it's true. It right I appreciate it. Uh, I'm horribly, de-
2: I'm horribly depressed, overworked. Uh, anyway, Usually my dates work, like I'll talk for an hour, an hour and a half. And then at the very end of it, I'll Oh, how's, how's life going for you at the very end? I'll save it for that. So, I'm will that i working on that. I'm trying to get better at it. Rob rolling going. How's it going? Uh,
0: rolling going. I'll tell you what, Halloween is coming up. And it is probably one of the more depressing Halloweens of all time coming up because I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to go trick-or-treating because Halloween in New York City is the best, okay? Because A, you can drink wherever you want because you just take a subway home. But B, trick-or-treating itself, you literally are in one building. You The kids all take the elevator up to the top floor. They hit all the apartments and go down a floor. So literally, they can hit 200 apartments in one building in about 10 minutes.
2: How does an apartment building so... I live in the suburbs. Matt lives in the burbs. Aaron, I don't know if you're if they do trick or treating or even allow candy in the Bay Area for you guys, but <laughs> Halloween's, ha-
3: Halloween's big in the Bay. They, so the thing in Oakland is there are single you know, there are single streets in each neighborhood that are like the Halloween street. So we always drive down the hill and go to the big Halloween street, and it is mayhem. But yeah, it's not going to happen this year.
2: But so my guess is that Aaron or Matt in your neighborhoods and my neighborhood, if you want trick-or-treaters you leave lights on, how does it work in an apartment building, Rob? So
0: they actually have a list of which apartments are participating and then you go to the front desk and get the list. So we'll go down to like the 14th floor and I'll say A, B, J and F and the kids just run off. Right, and then then the lady and I are drinking in the hallway. Do and they, then they throw they come eggs back. at the apartments that are not
2: participating or not? <laughs> no, that would be
0: terrifying. <laughs> that would be a huge mistake. I, I uh, th- that's so scary. I can't even think about doing that. But it, it's it's yeah. So it's like this huge candy hall, and you never have to go outside. It it takes no time whatsoever. But Halloween is coming up, so I wanted to put together for you guys. Guess what? I made a list this week. Whoa! What? All right. Oh. What wow. time you did something for this podcast? Here we go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we got Matt taking quotes. We got Aaron doing the the drink pairing. We got stealers. Robs making lists. Hey, who, who, who's the who's the it king? It was not here? that hard. I am not that impressed anymore by your guys' list. Oh. This is the easiest thing I've ever done <laughs> in my whole life. Whenever you guys tell me you're going to do a list, I, it worries me because I'm like, oh, they're going to realize there's not a whole lot that goes into it. <laughs> but this is a list of the best creepy music for Halloween. Creepy music. Fuck creepy. the Monster
0: Mash. The Monster Mash is not on my Halloween music list. I know you thought it was going to be on there, but I'm going to tell you right now it is absent from this list. So are because you ready to be creepy hear,
2: enough or why rob? I I it's a,
0: it's a putting the Monster Mash on a Halloween list. I mean just it's stupid. Like everybody does it. Okay, I'm too cool for that. So here we go. Ready? My scariest or yeah, my I'll just say scariest music for Halloween. Are you guys ready? Song number ready. 1. Crawl search of blood Michael Jackson, Thriller, this, be thriller.
2: Of this video scared the shit out of me when I was younger I love Thriller for going to weddings And if they ever play this at a wedding Doing the, like, the Thriller dance up and down How many weddings you go to where they're playing Thriller
0: I've never seen That's a very wedding. strange wedding song oh, I've shit. seen it, I'm gonna it It's so it's good, I love it's this so song It's stuff I remember i rented this video on vhs that's how old i am i rented, rented the video the on Blockbuster. V- yeah and then i would take it home and watch the video and then they had like a making of doc and everything
3: yeah where he's putting the makeup on and the the werewolf yeah. uh, mask i can't yeah, believe i totally didn't awesome. go on more
2: dates when i was younger i did such cool stuff i don't know what's right, going I on i think
3: they want to come over and watch the making of thriller
2: I just realized that I don't think they play thriller at weddings. I think I just do the thriller dance at weddings when they play any Michael Jackson song. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why I haven't met any, met any bridesmaids at weddings. I, I try to do the moonwalk, can't do it. I'm just going to do the thriller dance.
0: B.Y.T. pretty young. <laughs> think Russ is back there going. And by the way, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, I'm doing a perfect thriller dance. It was so good. It was like crazy. It actually went on for 10 minutes and I edited it down, but it was the whole thing. But when he turned at the end and his yellow eyes oh my god scared the hell out of me but I was also like 10 years old that's
3: a creepy one man that's a good choice Rob
0: next one uh, John Carpenter the theme from Halloween oof this is creepy if you were walking down an alley or an apartment hallway and you heard this playing you would immediately just start running there's just no choice about it it's something about the it's very unsettling
3: but it also sounds like a theme song for like a true crime show Oh, Oh, now the synths come in. Yeah, now the synths are coming in, yeah.
0: Yeah, very, very scary. This is a song that scared the shit out of me, mostly because of the music video for it.
2: Marilyn Marilyn Manson, Beautiful People. Nope. Oh, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I think he's 501. Yeah,
3: just, just
0: missed it. And Marilyn Manson was so scary when he watched those videos, and just terrifying and creepy. And then you'd see him talk, and you're like, oh... This was the kid from high school that everybody beat up all the time. Like, well, this guy's not scary at all, in the least. This is a deep cut, but do you remember that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, and DJ Jazzy Jeff wrote a song about Freddy Krueger? I, I've I never do remember heard I have a story
3: yes. that. Yes.
1: I would like to tell about this guy. You all know me, and as hell. is scary for you. He's burnt
0: up like a weenie, it's scary that Will Smith isn't making songs like this. Anymore. This is way scarier than Monster Mash. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah,
3: like Jazzy Jeff could could make a beat and and the fresh. I mean, Will Smith could really rhyme. He can still rhyme. I saw a couple of stuff, uh, a couple of videos of him with Sway where he can like still lay it down.
0: You need to go out and watch the Freddy Krueger Will Smith video, guys. He did a song about Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's called Nightmare on My Street. It's it's which just wasn't
3: even on. It
1: wasn't even like a
0: soundtrack cut, was it? No, he just wrote a song about it.
3: Aaron, you should be
1: saying, Rob, what the fuck are you talking about here? Because every yeah, time that
0: you bring up stuff like this, that's
1: exactly what Rob
2: does you all the time. So, Rob, what the fuck are you talking about? You're an right idiot. Here? Hey, roll, roll the left field take. Yeah. I lost it. What? I can't what? click it. What?
3: I can't I, click
0: I, it. Where my computer is now, it's way up high. I can't click things this fast. I'm sorry. I, 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 uh, I and now You're the scariest Rob. song of all, this is going to be when my children find out that they're probably not going to be allowed to trick-or-treat this year due to the whole virus stuff. And they come to me and they're going to say this. It's going to be the scariest thing I hear. Okay,
2: what am I going to tell my kids when they don't get all their candy? <laughs> tell them they shouldn't have ate all those lucky charmed marshmallows. They would have been just fine. <laughs> for dinner tonight.
0: Okay, so it turns out making a list is actually very hard. Uh, and then when you play the songs and nobody reacts, it actually is not very fun. So
2: I will not be hey, doing that again. Welcome, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually really sucked. You guys were talking about trick-or-treating. Trick-or-treating as someone who's giving away candy is a very stressful thing. Like, I'm not going out with kids trick-or-treating. I'm giving away candy. And so a year or two ago, a couple years ago, I decided I was going to be the house where I gave away regular-sized candy bars, right? Oh, Big Papa Russ. And so what I did, I went out and bought 100 regular-sized candy bars. Oh, baller. And... What I also did was I bought four king-size bars, and I decided I was going to reward the four best costumes that came to my house trick-or-treating with the king-size bars. I was like, this is a brilliant idea, right? (laughs) Everything's a contest with Russell. It was the worst idea I've ever had because it created so (laughs) much stress for me because it wasn't finding the best costumes. And you guys will actually like – the best costume I gave a king-size bar away to was a kid who was dressed as like an old composer like Bach or or Mozart or someone – and he used a violin case as his candy, candy box or candy bag. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I like that. So I gave him one. But where it got really stressful was kids would come up to my house, and there's two kids. And I can't give one a king-size bar and one not a king-size bar, right? Oh, but what, yeah. But – if I gave a kid a king-size bar, they would run away from my house screaming, that house has got king-size candy bars. <laughs> yeah. And then all these other kids come up, and they're like, oh, wait, what the hell? This is not a king-size candy bar. So it was really stressful because I was worried if I handed one out, there was going to be another kid right up behind them, and they were going to realize I'm, I'm not giving all you guys king-size candy bars, only that Mozart kid.
0: Russ, if you if you had multiple kids like I do, you would recognize immediately that was a terrible idea. Yes, I, know, I, know. If I give one kid one percent of one percent of one percent more than the other kid. They're like, hey, right.
2: "What's going this on? This is totally fair. unfair. This isn't
0: fair." They could be having uh, the biggest bowl of ice cream, and if it's slightly less big than their sister's, they're like,
1: "He's got four chocolate chips, yeah. and I've only got three. This is the and worst you. day of my life. You're to the worst this dad.
2: To take a step further, I also would do so. I'd have the four king size, the hundred regular, and then I just had a big bag of those little dum dum suckers in case i ran out of the candy bars oh no but i would run out of them and then kids would be running away like with a big snickers bar waving it around and i'm out and now (laughs) i just got to do like the handful of the cheap suckers and that got me once or twice and i was terrified people were going to be burning dog shit on my my doorstep (laughs) throwing eggs at my house or like smashing
0: pumpkins against my windows i think what you should have done is alternated between full-size candy bars and then those like the the, there's like Toffee or caramels that are in the brown and like orange wrappers. Remember, <laughs> you get those, candies. you'd be like, "Well, these are dog oh, shit." Oh, I'm throwing this away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would alternate, yeah. and so nobody knew what's going on. They're like, "This is a true house of mystery, Matt. What's going on?" <laughs> I was
1: going to say we're going to go back to the trick or treating. The one thing I think Wisconsin does better than Minnesota. Oh, and I disagree. And Neil from terrible. Neil from Lakeville told me about this. Is that you know they set up on the weekends around. Uh, Halloween, so Halloween's on a weekend this year, so it doesn't fit. But on Saturday and Sunday, each neighborhood sets a time during a Saturday or a Sunday during the day to set up trick or treating. So from two o'clock to three o'clock, that is uh, trick or treating time on you know Irving and Humboldt Avenue, kind of a thing. Like that is the smartest thing ever. Like we're walking around, you got eighteen kids that are three feet high in costumes that they can't see. You got cars going back and forth. You mm-hmm. got parents drinking wine out of out of flasks and stuff like that. It is like the worst thing in the world to do it at night. And so what? the one thing I think what? Wisconsin, oh, it is so stressful. You're talking about stressful. Talk about trying to make sure your kids don't fall down hills and the people have fires and dogs are barking and everything. And so I don't know. I'm going to give kudos to Neil in uh, Lakeville.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't go down that hill. Give me that butterscotch candy, that old lady candy.
3: We have friends who host every year. And I look forward to it. It's one of the best nights of the year that we have friends who host on one of these big Halloween streets where the whole street is just decorated to beat all, yeah. and then that's where people go to, to trick or treat. And if you're, you know, when you're trying to survive that three thirty to six thirty p.m. stretch as a parent, it's just so good to know that you have a place to go, and then you're going to come home and try to put the kid to bed. But last year we went; uh, these friends of ours were hosting. Another friend of ours uh, showed up with a uh, bag of those individually wrapped dill pickles like the whole dill pickles what and it was not his what house what the hell <laughs> and,
2: all right yeah. goodbye get california it get this, it ready. Get finish Aaron's the story not, get it ready rob Aaron's not no, allowed no, to criticize good. rob anymore this Aaron's it's put no, no, himself no, right back no in. no he's this, got is, good. A this is
3: good now. this is good so this friend of mine who didn't live at this house showed up with this bag of individually wrapped pickles and was trying to put them in the in the bucket with the candy for everyone else. And the guy who owned the house was like, oh, no, no, no. We're not going to be known as the pickle house. Get those out of
0: here. It was candy so, sabotage. I love that idea. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. And the guy yeah, who said no is like a nickel. very mild-mannered guy. He would never, like, Show out for any reason, but he was like, absolutely not. We're not going to be the pickle house. But that is the love- one thing that my two and a half year old son brought home from Halloween was a big pickle. Which like we just had wrapped <laughs> sitting in our house for like a year. Oh we're like what the fuck are
2: we going to do with this? I mean, that's got to be right next to the bag of razor blades they give away yeah. too, huh? <laughs> Go to like Russell's front porch. He's
0: sitting in his house with a big thing of huge candy bars, and meanwhile, we've put a, bu- a, a bowl of pickles on his front porch with a sign that says, <laughs> "Please don't ring the doorbell. Just take a <laughs> pickle, just
2: okay?" Take the pickle. <laughs> Do you guys and just everybody's that? so pissed at he's like,
0: What's going on here? I have all these Why candy bars. I do like, Why is everybody do you guys mad Remember
2: at me? the house is when we were kids where people weren't home and they would leave like a grocery bag out and they would put all this candy in there and say, Please take one. The yeah. question is, <laughs> would you and your buddies take the whole bag or take one? We would.
0: I would always take one. I'm a good person. I I feel strongly about that. Actually. I don't
1: know if I ever came across one where it said it. I think it was always gone by the time I got there.
0: Like, somebody else had always already taken.
2: They
3: They're all at Russell's house already.
0: Well, and that was the problem, right? To be the fat yeah. kid is that like they'd always be like, "Hey, you!" and I'd be like, "No, I took one. I really, I really did, sir."
2: <laughs> While you're throwing all the wrappers in the bushes as you're walking home, right? <laughs> Uh, All right, so let's get
0: into the album. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Nevermind. I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about this album. I am feeling very lost. I'm feeling like a babe in the woods, Uh, and it feels good, okay? I like the way it feels. It gives me some strange feelings, and I love it. Uh, But basically, talking about Nirvana, if you look at the history of Nirvana, this is a band that made every single decision they made coming up was a good one. And there's so many chances where you would think a band like this would, would have a chance to make a bad decision. Every single one they made was, was great. They formed in 87 up in Washington uh, with a bassist, Chris Novoselic uh, and, and Kurt Cobain. And Kurt Cobain was like, oh, you're a good bassist. You should join me. You got to join my band. And so the guy was like, OK, what's your band name? And he's like, my band name is Fecal Matter.
2: No. He's like, uh, <laughs> no. OK.
0: So then they were going to change it. And then Kurt Cobain was like, we're
2: going to change our name. We're going to call ourselves Skid Row and it's like well no that
0: name already exists that band has been huge for a long time you need to
2: to change your halloween costume this year you cannot go as fecal matter again you've done it too many years in a row
0: but i've got a brown sweater and big baggy brown pants what else am i supposed to do uh and this was the first time they have dave Grohl on drums which is kind of the, the which on this album i think we we got a text chain going where it's just the drumming is absolutely amazing and the key to Nirvana is that their goal on this album is they said they wanted to make the songs like children's songs. They wanted to make them simple. They wanted them to make it um, um, easy to kind of to not really to sing along with because th- what, the, what they do is they have these really quiet verses and then these really loud choruses but it was like these pop hooks mixed with noise. And this album Nevermind came out and it peaked at number one. It hit number one on the Billboard 200 thanks to uh, MTV playing this video approximately one million times. And pretty much, this is the end of this is the end of hair metal, right? This is the this is the album that killed hair metal forever. Uh, and then I was shocked to know. So this this album came out in '91. I had forgotten that Kirk Cobain died in '94, and that that MTV Unplugged, which is the, the, the album I really know, Nirvana. That's the album I listen to a lot more. I I I don't think I ever listened to this album until just this year. Um, that was actually a posthumous album. I didn't realize that. I, Man, I mean, I saw is,
2: it, is, is Unplugged on the list. Yep, But that was kind of a seminal moment of, for us being music fans totally. as kids, right? Is is Nirvana Unplugged has got to be right up there with one of the most kind of memorable performances that we have, at least as teenagers, right? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. and for me, that's how I thought of Nirvana was that Unplugged album. And to be
0: honest, all their harder stuff, it scared me. Like people that listen to Nirvana, I thought it was like hard, scary rock. And this was right when I was back in my big Bob Marley phase and my like classic rock phase. And I didn't listen to Nirvana because I thought it was like... I don't know, just super scary, like, punk music.
1: Two, uh, it's number 279. And, you know, I I think I had a little different take on the Unplugged. The The first one that I heard was some, who's the gal who sang?
0: Um, Wilson Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: there, that, there, there was an Unplugged by a gal who sang, and that song was always on the radio. I know we'll come up with it later. But, you know, and it was kind of this crowd in the background chat, clapping, and it was just like, Tracy oh, this
2: is that who it was? I have no idea, Matt. We're yeah. trying to help you. You might, be so of, know,
3: uh, you might be thinking of Natalie Merchant, Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yeah, well, I bet right, that's
2: it. You know? I bet that's
1: it. You know, and so that's what I remember as Unplugged. But then, like Nirvana did it, and Eric Clapton. You know, like he had Layla. Was it Layla that was really popular in uh, uh, Tears in Heaven too? And then Tears in Heaven. You know, and then Pearl Jam. And I, I, I never, I never, I never liked him. You know, I don't know. I always thought it was. You know, I, I would much rather listen to this album as opposed to
0: unplugged but i get the popularity of it and i i can't I, believe i didn't listen to this album growing up i mean this this should be right when you're like an 11 year old 12 year old 13 year old this album is like right down the wheelhouse it's like the perfect album to be a teenager and be like yeah every i am a by myself everything does suck like that's how i felt i should have been listening to this music instead i was listening to bob marley something that i could not relate to in any sense <laughs> of, at all no
1: woman no cry rob yeah no well woman. No cry.
0: Uh, Before we get into the album, I want to talk very quickly about the cover. And I know uh, the the cover claims, Wikipedia claims this is one of the most famous album covers of all time. In my mind, this is an album cover that the kids in middle school who always think they're smarter than the teachers look at. And they're like, this is really great art. Like, this really makes me think. Mm -hmm. I always look at it and I'm kind of like, "Yeah, it's kind of over the top. What do you guys think of this album cover?
2: It's pretty iconic.
3: It's memorable, right? I mean, it's not that if you said, you know... What's the album cover that really captures your mind for me? It's always Biggie Ready to Die, but that also has a baby on the front. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something about putting babies on album covers that like really captures people's imagination.
1: I think you listen to the album and then you look at the you look at the album cover again. And you're like, ah, I get it. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of talking about all this material stuff, and it may, it, it it makes sense. And I, I think it is absolutely one of the better covers. ever come out i mean does anybody even look
2: nobody even looks at that stuff anymore i don't know mac explain further i don't really understand where the connection is here
1: well the whole album to me is about you know i feel stupid and contagious i'm not popular you know screw all the popular people all this stuff right and it's about i grew up and you know i'm not going to be your little rag doll i'm not going to you know i'm not going to conform to what you want me to be and you've got this little baby and he's going after a dollar right and so that's it's it now, do you, does it have to be a little baby? But it's just kind of society in general is floating along, reaching for that dollar that's on a hook that's constantly being pulled away from you. Right? Does that make sense?
0: Oh, I thought they were going to hook the baby when he grabbed the dollar. I thought they were like fishing for babies. I, I was terrified. This album cover terrified me. I took it totally differently. No. Well, of course, Geffen thought this this album cover was a terrible idea, and they wanted to to adjust it so you couldn't see the penis on the baby. And so, uh, uh, Kurt Cobain said, yeah, well, that's fine. We'll take, we'll edit out the penis, but you have to put on a sticker that says, if you're offended by this, you're a closet pedophile. And <laughs> oh, I thought that geez. was, but I mean that, I thought that was a great move. Cause he's like, yeah, okay, fine. Do it. But this is what we're going to do. And, and I'm telling you every, like, again, every single decision they make is a great decision. This album, for example, the guy who mixed it, they uh, Nirvana came back and said, "We hate the way it sounds. It sounds way too clean. We we don't like it." And then all of a sudden, it's just—I mean, it, it's what really makes this album. I think is that it's a combination of grunge, but yet it's like crystal clear grunge somehow. If that makes sense, you know, yeah, the album cover
3: is like album. classic. I mean, that's, that's what I think about listening to it. I I thought you know, like the Nirvana kids were like sad and angry. Uh, you know, when the because they all out. look
2: purple when you were wearing your purple sunglasses, I, yeah, I would that must think they the look, problem. they look like that guy grimace from the McDonald's that the have, McDonald's yeah. restaurant. <laughs> like they would look sad and angry if you were looking at them through purple sunglasses.
3: But listening now, I know that I know all of these songs, so I must've heard them and the videos for sure really stick in my mind. I can remember watching uh, the Smells Like Teen Spirit video with the um, closed captions underneath. like MTV was like, we're going to put the lyrics at the bottom so people know the lyrics. Um, but yeah, listening now, so I thought of them as like these guys who don't give a shit. And when you think about grunge music, I thought about like they don't care about you know anything. And then they've got this do-it-yourself attitude. And then you listen to this album and it's pristine. There's mm-hmm. not a note out of place. Every detail is thought through. So I find that really a fascinating sort of juxtaposition. And I had the wrong idea of them as artists in my mind, I think, until I had listened again.
2: I watched a documentary called Nirvana Nevermind Classic Albums where it's essentially like an hour-long documentary of it. But that is one thing they said is like this is – you wouldn't really expect it, but this is a very commercial album, right? It's very well produced and everything. It's not what I was really expecting when I listened back to it right now.
3: Yeah, it's pop music.
1: Well, I was just going to say it's like the perfect blend of punk – pop music there's a lot of 80s hair metal guitar and, and drums in there mm-hmm. and then you just put you put kind of that the clean uh tracks on top of that and, and how they cleaned it all up and it's kind of like this perfect fusion that came together at the right time to to kind of just take over i think the mtv world more than anything because it attracted anybody yeah. who watched mtv you know at least listen to this song they didn't just turn yeah. it off and say this is whole oh, this is horrible so I think it's a perfect blend of all of them. Well
0: I'll tell yeah, you what, if phenomenal. you want to hear if, if you want to hear why this song, if you if you weren't around during this time and you want to hear why this album took off on MTV, just listen to the opening of it. First five seconds. Ooh. It's a song that any starting guitar player could play. But every right time you From hear hook. it, it's just- I'm hooked.
1: There we go. Girls, girls,
3: girls! Yeah, those sound like Guns N' Roses guitars to me. You know that kind of like warm,
0: thick sound. Now listen to this quiet verse. Every single one of these songs, quiet verses, loud choruses.
2: It's the ultimate hook. It's the secret to writing a great song. Oh, so good! I think that Rolling Stone named this as the number nine greatest song ever. So I'm not. We can probably talk about where this ranks all the time, but I think one thing that's really interesting is when you talk about how this kind of brought in grunge, the grunge m- movement, and made it a little more mainstream. When you look at when you look at the songs that were on the Billboard t- Hot 100 at the time, and then this rose up kind of out of nowhere, and it all of a sudden this song smells like Teen Spirit became the number six song on the Hot 100. But if you look at the top five songs on the top 100 at the time. It is completely different and revolutionary compared to what was at the time. So I thought what we could do is listen to real quick what were the top five songs when this song made it to number six. Just to give give you a feel for where does it lay with the other really popular music at the time. I
0: got to say, yeah, Russell cool.
2: sent me this list, and
0: I, was, I always try to figure out what Russell's angle is going to be on the list, and I looked at this list, and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about
2: with these <laughs> songs? I was like, I <laughs> have no idea. This, this list makes no sense to me. This is a wild list. So Smells Like Teen Spirit made it to number one on the alternative list, but this is right. just Hot 100. So these are, like to me, the, the, the big list. songs of the time. So the number five song of the time from the Oakland area, MC Hammer, Too Legit to Quit.
3: Oakland's Own Hammer. Every time I see a fancy car in downtown Oakland, I just pray that it's gonna be hammer, but I still have never <laughs> seen him except for the Warriors Parade. I saw him in the Warriors Parade, but I've never seen him in his car. I just do you do anytime.
2: the two legit hand signal to every on car on just in mind. case too or not? Just in
3: case, yeah. I'm just ready anytime, man.
0: Alright, and then there's the and then there's the verse that nobody knows.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the, the hottest chorus, and then he starts singing, we're like, okay, next song. So MC Hammer was at number five. Number four was Boys to Men. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Oh
3: my God, just crying. Oh, I'm just crying. This song already. stresses. And,
0: this song stresses me out because it makes me realize how many slow dances I missed I out on. I watched so many like, like popular people in middle school slow dance to this song. Oh my God.
3: It's just this song just hits me right in the cardiovascular every time.
2: Then number three on the list at the time was Mariah Carey Can't Let Go. I don't even know this song. Do you guys oh know my it? God. Oh, now I know it. But yeah, as you can see, these songs are wildly different than Very the different. song, right. right? And so yeah. if you go to number two, we've got Color Me Bad, All for Love.
3: Oh, I like this beat. I should know who they're sampling on this beat,
2: too. I'm going to embarrass myself by not knowing.
0: Aaron, now, be honest with us, Aaron. Did you ever dress like Color Me Bad in high school? Come on, tell us you did. Uh,
3: I, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, when I could first uh, shave, I tried to, like, do some kind of, like, Kevin Love-style <laughs> beard, but, I mean, this is another visual joke, like, I still can't do a Color Me Bad-style beard. God, straight. I, I, I wish
2: I was attractive in high school. My life would be so different. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the number one song of the time, and it's interesting because Nirvana's this album, eventually made it to number one, and the album it knocked off was also by Michael Jackson. but the number one song at the time was black or white by michael jackson yeah off the yeah, dangerous yeah, album Guns N Roses. oh yeah is this slash playing the solo on this yeah
0: on the guitar i mean
3: i don't know if he's doing the rhythm guitar when he plays the solo
2: and i think all these songs are awesome but it really gives you a feel of how nirvana was so much different than all these songs or these artists and it, when you look at the top 50 at the time it's essentially all these pop artists and then there's like one Metallica song, one Guns N' Roses song, but it's all pop songs at the time. So you can kind of see where like Nirvana kind of came out of nowhere, became this mainstream group when you're looking at the other the other songs that were really popular at the time. Yeah, and where a
3: whole group of people needed music to listen to that spoke to them, right? And it's so pretty wild that you were like.
0: It's like, oh, what concert should I go to? There's Color Me Bad or there's Nirvana. Which one do I want to go see? <laughs> I like them both equally, said no one ever. <laughs> All right, number two on the album. And I, I've got to tell you guys, I listened to this album. I've listened to it at work while I'm grading papers. And then I listened to it tonight coming back from the gym. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, and I was like, oh, this first song, of course, Smells Like Teen Spirit, great. Second song, I was like, god damn, this song is great too. Third song, great. I was like, the fourth song, eh, it Great. This has got to be one of the best starts to an album ever. Oh, in bloom.
2: One thing that Aaron had touched on a few weeks ago is he was talking about Nirvana and Kurt Cobain being into John Lennon. And Matt at the time called him out on it, or Rob, you called him out on it and said, I don't think so. But I have to say, when I was watching this documentary, it turns out that... The producer for this record would double track Cobain's vocals to bring a little more out. And every time Cobain would fight him on it, but he would say, hey, guess what? John Lennon would double track. And every time he would tell him that, he would agree to it. So I, I feel like you guys maybe owe Aaron an apology for doubting his knowledge oh. about whether Kurt Cobain was a Beatles fan. All right, let's Kurt see right, let, let's see what Emerson says about this argument. <laughs>
3: Rob's right. Oh, thank you,
0: Emerson.
3: <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I even thought about that on, on tracks like this. After we talked about Abbey Road and we really got into John's sort of edgy, angry guitar sound. I think a lot of, I think Kirk Cobain's a better guitarist than John Lennon, but I think he's using that kind of like Lennon-style uh, angular guitar sound, sound on this song and, and some others. So I, I think he's... Definitely influenced.
0: I loved
2: I loved the guitar playing on this album.
0: I'm telling you, this album was one of the first ones we've done where I haven't heard it at all. I just fell in love with it. It's Just the whole sound of it, just There's unbelievable. There's one other
2: really cool thing about this song. So after Cobain died, I don't think that Nirvana, the two surviving members, got together very often. My understanding is they've only gotten together to perform 12 or 13 times since then over the last 20 years or so. But they got together recently in 2020. And so, Rob, if you could maybe pull this up. They actually got together at this, this event in early 2020, and they sang five or six songs, or they performed five or six songs with Annie Clark from St. Vincent's that is a band I'm not familiar with. But they also got together with Beck, and Beck performed in bloom with Dave Roll and Nova Selich or whatever the, the bass player's name is. And so I got to ask you guys, when it comes to Nirvana Reunions... Who does it better? Oh boy, and Beck. Beck
0: did it better. By the way, who recorded this? It sounds like Aaron's Aaron's old recordings that he used to do for the podcast. It sounds I like he's there with his phone. I can't tell you how
2: much time I tried, tried finding a, a better version of this and could not do it. But I thought it was pretty cool that they have not performed together many times, and the one time they've done it, it was with Beck playing the guitar and singing singing vocals on "In Bloom." Next one, I, guys. It's I guess what. It's another banger.
0: Come as you are. I mean,
2: listen to this. This is
3: also the only lick I've ever learned how to play on guitar.
2: You can play this, Aaron?
3: I can play the just that beginning bit, yeah.
2: Oh, worth it. Why not? It's great. The one thing I heard that was really cool about this is that they talk about music versus lyrics. We've always talked about lyrics before, and the one thing that Dave Grohl said about well, Cobain was, he would say, music comes first, lyrics come second. And one thing you really get from listening to the, the lyrics of Nirvana is I don't really understand what they're saying all the time. But you, their lyrics give you a feeling. The way they sing gives you a feeling. So I don't think it always matters what the lyrics are. It's the way they're singing them, right? Well, that's good because I can't understand jack shit of what they're saying on this album. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I
3: don't, don't know what any of these songs are about. I'm I'm impressed that Matt really is able to take away as much of it as he as he does because I don't understand what most of it's about.
2: There is one thing. The reason I think Aaron probably knows the the guitar lick to this is because Nirvana actually ripped this off from someone. Did you guys know that? I did not. So, Rob, if you could pull up Killing Joke 80s. Oh, yeah. So Kurt Cobain was initially really hesitant to release this song, Come As You Are, because they took it from this band and then eventually they did it, and I think the band never sued them or anything, but they were always kind of pissed about it, but you don't ever hear about Nirvana taking stuff from anyone else, but I figured we had to bring it up, right? They That's definitely wild. did. Wow.
3: Wow. And the band is called 80s?
2: Uh, either the song or the band. is something Killing Joke 80s. I don't really know what the combination is. Are they on the list? Man, I didn't know that. Matt, look sure. up Killing Joke and yeah. 80s. See if either <laughs> one of those people are on the list.
0: Um, nope. Ah. <laughs> uh, All right. let Song number four, Breed. It's a banger. It's a banger.
3: Is this making fun of parents? Is this saying like we could buy a house and plant a tree and we don't have to
0: have kids and we'd be fine? Is that what he's saying? That's it. If it's making fun of parents, I'm stopping it. Enough (laughs) making fun of
3: parents. I think he is, right?
0: Yeah. All
1: things making fun of parents, making fun of kind of the classic American- high school lifestyle and how he doesn't fit in and you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna join that crowd i never will we'll get into some of the lyrics in a couple of these other songs but you know there it's just it's a it's one constant song after the other that it's not the 80s hair metal you know i'm falling in love with girls 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 i'm i'm riding my corvette over to the football game stuff like that you know it's the exact opposite of that You know, and so that's where I think there's just this huge population out there that, um, even if you take one or two lyrics out of it, right? I mean, even like come as you are, come as you are, come as you were, you know, I mean, just things like that. If you just kind of break that down into a simple, this is the, this is a lyric that talked to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can, you can take it forever with that. So
0: I'm so jealous of people that could just be like, I don't care what's popular. Everyone should just do what they want. I didn't figure that out until I was like, Oh, I don't know. 38 years old. Like I, (laughs) my daughter's like that where she doesn't care what anybody's doing. She just does her own thing. And I'm like, God, that you are so lucky to have that figured out. I, so much of my stress in life was caused by me, like not sitting at the right lunch table or not getting the right co-host
2: for a podcast. Yeah. Rob, the lack of popularity for this podcast hasn't stopped you one bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's why I figured it out. I do what I want, no matter what.
0: And another two hours. I don't care,
2: I don't care, I don't care.
0: (laughs) And that's why I made a second list of scary Halloween songs. (laughs) (laughs) And this one is just the Monster Mash. All right, next up, everybody's favorite kind of battery, lithium. Aaron's like, my wife doesn't let me have batteries in the house. Song five, all bangers. And all, like, pretty distinctly different. Like
3: You can hear how much Novoselic and and Grohl just have a mind meld on some of these things. They're just so together on this. It's very cool.
0: Well, they said Grohl was the big addition to this album that really changed Nirvana in general. And you can hear it on this. I mean, it's just... The drums are are pretty unbelievable when you really listen to them.
2: Is Dave Grohl more famous for being the drummer of Nirvana or the lead of Foo Fighters?
3: Foo Fighters. Now. I think he's famous for being Dave Grohl now, but yeah, I knew. I still think of him as the drummer from Nirvana. Well, I remember
2: when he started the Foo Fighters and I was like, is this how is this going to work? And then they just had I mean, you realize like he's he must be like a genius, right? I saw an interview with him where I think it was with Howard Stern they were asking him about Kurt Cobain and at the time he didn't really he was doing his own writing and everything, but stern asked him what do you think would have happened with your career had kurt cobain never died would you have always been the drummer from nirvana where you never got to bring your own music you never wrote your own stuff it was really interesting
3: i read uh, because we talked so much about the drumming i i read a a pretty uh i suppose it was a fairly extensive uh biographical sketch of dave Grohl. and i should let you guys know this ahead of time dave Grohl's dad was a flautist not a jazz hey. flautist but Dave Grohl's dad was a classically trained flautist. And all then right, he had all these musical influences in his life. and was, uh, you know, multi-instrumentalist and, you know, studied John Bonham and uh, other famous drummers, but also played guitar when he starting at age like six. So he was obviously a great musician.
2: Is anyone even sure that a flautus is a real term, or is it just a term it's that a- Aaron uses? I'd never, literally, no, never true. heard it until a few weeks ago. <laughs> I went to a Mexican restaurant
0: the other day. I ordered a couple flautus. And they were delicious. I loved them. I thought they were great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Polly, and I, I, I don't even know what to say. That's good. Polly wants a and this isn't. I mean, this is just acoustic, right? It's a whole different switch. It's intense. You keep waiting for. You keep waiting for like the distortion to drop in doesn't.
3: Here comes my favorite spot right here. Of all the great drumming that Dave Grohl does on this entire record, I love his work on Polly so much. I think he, I know he does the background vocals, the harmonies, but I think he plays the cymbal maybe what like four times on here? And it's, I think of, of everything he does, I just love to imagine him sitting with his eyes closed, with his headphones on, just waiting for the right moment splashing that beautiful cymbal sound, getting it perfect, and then just going back into like his trance and then doing it. I think he does it three or four times on the track. It's so perfect. We talked about his drumming. I think his drumming makes the album, but I I love the minimalist work on this song so to per- much.
0: To prepare for this podcast, I got a very I, I got an email from Aaron. And like I was kind of alarmed because I was worried. I don't get many you know Russ's emails, I kind of look at them later or whatever. But Aaron's <laughs> emails, I'm like, holy cow, what's going on with Aaron? And Aaron's like you gotta get it right to the symbol part right here. And I was like, "Wait, let me play it again." I didn't. I must not have heard it correctly. Yeah, Aaron's like, "Oh it's my god, so, that symbol's so good." I was like, what? "It's so
3: perfect." It just like it makes the song for me. I don't know. It's just like one of those little details that like really grab my attention.
0: Is this is this almost a perfectly constructed album with the songs that are on the album? Matt's the expert on
1: construction. I think it drags at the end. Um, but yeah, but personally. that's at
0: the end. I mean.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we've heard a few that have. I mean, they they go out wonderfully. I think this one kind of drags at the end, but for yeah. the second album and kind of going into a new genre. I mean, it's not like this is their fourth album playing this way with Dave Grohl and everything like that. I mean, as a more or less their first album they've done because the the with Dave Grohl specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's phenomenal. I mean, it, it's it'll be hard to replicate going into, I mean, they did it with number two, but it's hard. I don't know.
0: I, 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 you know, when I was younger, I was actually big into Fecal Matter, the earlier band, but it that was I hard because I'd go into a record store saying, do you guys have any Fecal Matter? And it was just gonna, I
2: have
0: half to to the Aaron time it didn't be, work out.
2: Before we move on to the next song, I have to ask Aaron, what do you think of Kurt Cobain's voice as a singer? What Does it resonate with you or where does he rank kind of in the singer in, in how you, you view his singing abilities?
3: Yeah, it's like it's the kind of thing where I never thought about it. I know that I listen to these songs a lot, and I didn't, I didn't think about it. But now, when you listen and you try to sing along, I have the same feeling as when I try to sing along with Paul McCartney singing Oh, Darling, where you're like, oh, this shit is hard. Like He's really doing work here. So he's, he's a much better singer than I ever
0: realized as a kid. Matt, if you had to pick one Nirvana song to sing for uh, karaoke, which would you pick? Uh, probably
2: this next one. Ter- that's, such- that's, that's Matt's way of moving the podcast along <laughs> that's, that's like I gotta get to bed I'm a mean old dad. so you'd go up to the person and say can you please pull out
0: territorial pissings?" and they'd be like what excuse me I could, I could make it all the way to the end
3: I couldn't that would be impressive
0: so this is what I thought Nirvana was when I saw everyone wearing like Nirvana shirts. Did Nirvana sell more shirts than any other band ever? Do you think?
2: Yeah, he his was voice is right? just beat to hell here, right? Like, oh, yeah, totally. It resonates with you, it but it's brutal. it's brutal. brutal in a good yeah. way, like it 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 connects with you. But man, and if you had to, if you read a
0: history of Nirvana, there's quite a few times where they had to cancel shows because his voice was just totally shot. Like you mm. can imagine. Yeah, he was doing the most. Number eight, rewind. Drain You. Listen to these drums
2: though Ooh. This is where it starts to tail off for me a little bit Right This is what I play whenever I have a clog in my drain And I've got to pour that Drano down there And I'm like <laughs> drain you Drain you
0: <laughs> the, the idea that Russell has a song for every household chore he does I do not
2: think that that would be a crazy thing that Russell like. Time to sweep. Better put on. I, I don't think I have a song for when I believe Matt or Matt or either someone he hired came in and cleaned out the gutters of my house at some point within the last few weeks. That definitely happened. That was me, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: What's your I listened again? to Drain You a lot about. this
3: week, and I was like, why? Why would I listen to Drain You? Do I have this, like, weird Pavlovian response to want to listen to the Gin Blossoms? I don't know what that's about but every time i heard drain you i was like man i kind of want to listen to the gin blossoms which has never happened to me before in my life ever but i really wanted to listen to hey jealousy every time i heard drain you
0: rosie you're in luck because i got the gin blossoms right here oh no it's so scary (laughs) yeah that was scary guys that was a good (laughs) list thank you
3: (laughs) like i got distracted i was like i gotta hear some gin blossoms
0: What the fuck are you talking about?
2: I know. I don't know. A, is a gin blossom a drink or a flower? <laughs> I a think
0: hard, it's a. That's no, a hard cause gin answer. comes I don't from even a. It could gin, be a drink gin. with a flower in it. Gin comes from like an elderberry, right? That sounds nice. Yeah. Or no juniper berry. So there's no gin. Flower.
2: So what, why do you connect the gin blossoms with that song, Aaron? Because he's. An idiot. I
3: don't know. It's some kind of subconscious thing. <laughs> Something about those two songs just relate to themselves to me, and I
2: don't know what it is. When it's I think about one. that, I usually go see a lounge act. <laughs> I can't handle Rob I can't handle Rob with his new audio setup Where we can't see him and he's like pointing down With his pointer finger on the mouth uh, This has got to stop Rob I don't care it about sure will. Middle. I'm going to go
0: out and be a lounge act
3: <laughs> <laughs> Matt
1: what do you think of this one? Well, you know, this is kind of nice here, but then I don't know if we get it when he kicks up. His lyrics all of a sudden, he gets really going. This stuff hooks you. These, they have catchy chords this year, don't they? Well, they? I mean, it's again, it's a pop album, right? With a bunch of heavy guitars and awesome drumming behind it. And that's what I think the big attraction is.
0: Matt, what it. do you think the definition of grunge music is? And uh, how long was your grunge phase that you went through?
1: Uh... Let's see. I'm forty. So thirty nine. Thirty nine. You're thirty
0: nine. Thirty nine. He takes off his. I, don't spike know, I started listening collar. to
1: this when I was twelve. No, I mean I don't know. I, that's what I always think. The grunge. I mean, listen to Pearl Jam stuff. Is it really grunge? I mean, they've got some grunge songs, and then they got some really soft, cheesy songs too. So what is grunge? I don't know. Ooh, I like mean, a brie.
2: Grunge is if you wear a t-shirt with a flannel shirt open Somethings. with you with unbuttoned buttons. So if you have a t-shirt yeah, on, Doc Martens, and on a flannel and shirt, open shirt, that means you're grunge.
3: And the the lens on your music video looks like there's water running down over the lens, and then maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's some kind of animal that's unrelated to the song itself. Then that's grunge.
2: How about a wallet chain too? Yeah, you yeah, definitely need a wallet chain. Yeah. Rob, I bet, Rob, I think you have a wallet chain, don't you?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I... I you got I, some vans. You're very grunge, Rob. As a night job, I am a manager at Spencer Gifts, so I do get certain benefits <laughs> from this. <movies. laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> so I do have well, a
1: so wallet chain. Mean, brought, it is a valid question. I think it is much more of a style than it is like a music kind of a thing it's just much more of a lifestyle than it is and i think the the music kind of just goes along with the lifestyle more than anything so it's hard to
0: define so what what do you, what is the grunge lifestyle just like it's not like being dirty is it i don't i don't understand it scares me i'm scared of this i think
2: it's if you play hacky sack pelt where when you catch the, <laughs> the hacky sack you throw it at people <laughs> If you play hacky sack and don't throw it at people after you've hit it five times, not grunge. We
0: used to do that all the time in middle school, and a guy just texted me that I used to do that with two weeks ago. He said, "My, I was telling my kids about playing pelt, and they said, you are insane. And I was like, yeah, that was insane, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Can totally you imagine normal. if you have to wear an eye patch these days because you got hit by a hacky sack in the eye playing pelt? Everybody would be like, you're the biggest dummy in the whole
2: world, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> when I got hit in the eye with the hacky sack, it ruined my whole sophomore and junior year. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Aaron's wearing Those glasses Those purple Lennon glasses
0: Are actually safety glasses <laughs> I
3: was just trying to stay safe From the hacky sack Well you guys know I had a
0: <laughs> if, if my kid wanted to play Pelt You know what I'd tell her You should go be a lounge act No you should stay away
2: okay. <laughs> Wow Rob Finally gets the, he gets the transition Mailing him How many episodes are we in now Like 22 episodes Four albums If Rob finally got the transition <laughs>
1: You know, this is a song that starts out really corny. But like the, the actual song itself is just phenomenal. And it it kind of just... reminds me of uh, of Danny California. You know, Danny California yeah. by the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. starts out really hokey. You know, and then you get to the refrain and it just absolutely bangs. And that, that's what I think.
3: Those are nice drums too. It's from oh. 2006.
2: I know this one. Awesome. This
3: one sounds kind of like Fiona Apple.
2: Oh, what? Yeah. Well, we can't really rip. I think I think Fiona Apple has multiple albums in the top one hundred at this point. So she's
3: badass. Don't get don't get it
2: twisted. I think I met her once on a plane.
3: Are you kidding?
2: <laughs> I said you dumb, I think you I dumb met shit. her once on a plane. <laughs> And she
0: told me, "Stay
2: away." <laughs> God, so you guys is... know I take notes for all these. This is one of my favorite On favorites. my notes what? on this no. one, because I'm not allowed to comment on too many songs. My notes are NA, not applicable.
3: Would you? So we've had we've had two plain songs now, right? Would you listen to this song, Joni Mitchell's version of "This Light Tonight," or Nazareth's cover of "This Light Tonight"? Which would? Oh. would, would
0: Nazareth's cover of this flight tonight, I've listened to at least a thousand times. I thought you were going to say Marvin's Gay Flying High in the Friendly Sky.
3: Oh, because I should that.
0: That's come on my Alexa a couple times when my kids just plays music. She goes, play music I like. And then it's Marvin Gay Fly High in the Friendly Sky, a song all about heroin. And I'm like, mm, let's go to the next song, maybe. <laughs> all right. And then when I try to get there, oh, you know what? I, I was I was scooping out some protein the other day out of a bin and there's all this, there's like these metal chunks in my protein. And I told my wife, I said, there's something in the way.
2: <laughs> oh Didn't no.
0: She, oh, that's
2: did the worst she say, ever. Did she say it really softly like this, Rob, where you had to like really pay attention and listen to her? Because sometimes when people do things softly, really draws you in
0: i'm gonna ask you not to talk like that anymore russell okay
2: <laughs> that's gonna be a request i make for this podcast no i think more one soft of the really talking. cool things about this song is i i read or saw in this documentary that cobain wasn't getting this right they weren't getting it the way they wanted so he went out and he laid in the control room and he just started playing this while he's laying on his back and so the producer's like just keep doing that and he pulls out these microphones they essentially record the majority of the the song With him just laying in the control room playing it on his back. But it's like this really quiet sound. And I think, you know, I was kind of mentioning that sometimes when people speak softly, that's what really draws you in and catches your attention. And I love this song. I thought it was fantastic.
3: I thought it was going to be, I guess, some kind of Beatles reference uh, when I I hadn't listened all the way through the album for so long. And I thought it was going to be a reference to uh, something. And then it really isn't.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say something in the way she moves. Wait, is that the same isn't song we, as Something? God, I'm in We something? just did it last. We just did that album two days ago. I think it's I've just called Something, right? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm Yeah, right. I fucked that up. It doesn't matter. I'm editing this out so I look smart. And you know what I'm going to edit in?
2: <laughs> Rob's right. Thank you very much, <laughs> and I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> All right. And by the way, this song sucks my balls, but I, agree. I don't like it. This
2: is, this is the worst song on the album. This was hard to listen to, yeah.
3: I'd like, I think it's cool that they were able to include this,
0: like...
2: Okay, five minutes left. There's only
0: five minutes left of this clip. Oh my god. He was laying yeah. with his head in a garbage can for that one. I don't know Matt, what's, what's going on. What do you think there. of the, the finale on this one?
1: So again, it, it it's the whole album's great, except it just it goes out with a whimper. The twelve and thirteen are horrible songs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you don't like Something in the Way? No. I think Something in the Way is one of the best ba- I gotta put, listen to it again. I I think something in the way is one of the right. best three or four songs on the album. I think it's a great what? song,
3: yeah. What? I like it. He says it's okay to eat fish because they don't have feelings. Like he's really like on oh. some other wavelength.
1: I would I would say that it's it's a, it's a top ten song in the on the album. i give it a
0: top ten. <laughs> I would say it's in the top fifteen. Easy. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. better yeah. than that Jack, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's no, Matt's totally right. I love this album until you get to the end. I listened to that endless nameless once, just so I could say I listened to it, and then every other time it came up, you couldn't you couldn't hit the skip button fast enough to go back to uh Smells Like Teen Spirit. By the way, why is it
2: called Smells Like Teen Spirit? I heard I I saw in the documentary that at one point there was a a female kind of uh alternative nice. artist who made some sort of comment about his his deodorant and then spray painted it on the wall. So she said that Cobain smells like teen spirit, but we probably want to check that because I'm sure our listeners know, know way more about Nirvana than I am, but I I feel like she pr- spray painted something on the wall about his deodorant, and that's kind of where they took the name from.
0: Oh, man. Have you found yourself recently as an adult going out and forgetting you put to put on deodorant that day? I know All Aaron probably doesn't wear deodorant, like or he wears... What do you have for deodorant? Let me guess, Aaron. Let me guess what you have for deodorant. Do you have Tom's of Maine deodorant <laughs> with no aluminium <laughs> I- in it?
3: I have Tom's of Maine toothpaste, but not Tom's of Maine deodorant. Uh, I, I don't wear deodorant very often, although I find that I smell worse as I get older. And I do have a nice stick of deodorant that uh, my, my lady bought for me uh, at the uh, natural uh, pharmacy. So I, I put it on. Uh, okay, wait, when wait, I wait, hope wait, she wait, might wait, wait. So shut up, shut up, shut up. You
2: might have to heat that up in the microwave, which you don't. <laughs> know, so you may have a problem with that. What the hell is a natural pharmacy?
0: Is that like oh, a drug pharmaca, dealer? Are you, you talking know, about like a drug dealer? Got all the regular... oh, where you, going,
1: you get your uh, essential oils and all yeah, the other totally. stuff that the oh. FDA never, never bothered to oh, approve? Okay.
3: Yeah, but they got their own, you know, they get, it's like they got a regular pharmacy counter where you can go get your, you know, a leave and all of that. And then you can get, uh, you know, natural mm-hmm. deodorant. No, stop saying you
0: know. We don't know what a natural like, pharmacy it doesn't is. doesn't have aluminum yeah. in it, things <laughs> like that. If you told me <laughs> everyone who works at the natural pharmacy is naked, I would be like, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> A natural pharmacy, is there just like coconuts around? Like, I don't get what is natural about it. And also, Uh, you don't wear deodorant every day? That's wild to me.
3: I don't. I would get
0: fired. I would get fired in two days. Two days would take me. I didn't wear deodorant today to work. I pulled out. I have like three sticks in my desk just for that moment because it's (laughs) – If you're a teacher and you have one day where you stink – that's a career. You, for the rest of your career, you're the stinky teacher.
2: You're stinky, Rob. For Rob, the rest of your career. Rob oh. isn't that why you've had like ten different teaching positions over the years? Like yeah. you, you, you forgot your deodorant one day. You're like, honey, we got to move. You got to find a new job.
0: I'm going to edit this out, but I do want to tell you when Jenny and I taught in a school together. Uh, I let a kid go to the bathroom once, and later that day, I went to the bathroom and I saw on the wall somebody had written graffiti that says, "Miss has nice tits and I want to hold them." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, we we I like the second part. It's so sweet. It's this so needs to be and kept gentle.
2: in, it. it needs to be bleeped Rob This is our bleep yeah. joke of the week. It's I'll so sweet and that. gentle,
3: just like a nice, tender yeah. thought. About it was
0: though. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like so sweet. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm oh getting down gosh. and dirty. Man.
2: <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh. This
0: is our bleep joke of the week. Bleep joke of the week. Oh, yeah. Very, very funny. Let's get into the part of the podcast where we grade this album. And we use my very simple grading scale. Is this song rolling? Album. Album. No, we're going to go song by song. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's start with, and let's name this. Is this album Rolling Well Toned? Is this album Rolling boned? It's too low on the list. It should have been higher than six. Uh, or is it a Rolling Gone? This album is too high up on the list. Matt, what do you think?
1: Uh, you know, for the albums that we have have gone through, I think is this is Rolling boned. I think the top 500 albums, uh, you know, the, the top, top, the top 10, should have uh, genre defining, um, Cataclysmic shifts in music, get a, defining, kind what, get what? Uh, huh? You know, moving from hair, the kind of the hair metal '80s to into the grunge of the '90s, and everything that's come after that. Um, this album absolutely did that, even if you know they weren't the first ones to kind of do it. They, this is the mainstream one that that made that transition. So I think this album uh, got rolling boned by being placed where it is. It should be higher.
0: Wow, this is one of the first rolling bone that we've had. Russell, what do you think? You know,
2: I th- where was this at the first time we listened to it, Matt? 18 or something on the first list? I 17. I think 17. I think one of the. When we started this quest, I remember texting you guys and saying, we've listened to all these Beatles albums, these other albums that were in the top 15. And I said, holy shit, this is way different than these other albums. It was just in your face. It just rocks really hard. And so I think that. It's hard to really decide, hey, is this one of the four or five greatest albums ever? So I'm going to say it's Rolling Well Tone because to me it completely – it just flips everything we've listened to on its head right now. It's so hard. It's so intense. And it probably resonates with us more admittedly because – This was really big when we were kids. This was really big when we were teenagers and into music. And so I think it probably resonates with us more than maybe the Stevie Wonder album would or the Joni Mitchell album would. But I think it's definitely Rolling Tone. It deserves to be in the top five to ten.
0: It's fun to do. It's fun to do an album that we remember coming out. Right. And when we're talking about the history, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing this on MTV. This is fun.
2: Yeah, 100%. that was Rob's smart
0: thing of the week that he said. You dumb shit, Rob! God damn
2: it!
0: It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th- thank you, uh, Aaron. Uh, what do you think of the album? And I want to remind you that I have not come up with a rhyming word yet, so please take your time so I can think of one. And we're going to see how funny Rob can be in one minute.
2: Shit. He's full of shit. He's got. He, he's, he's got. I bet he spent eight to twelve hours on this. <laughs>
0: Probably, he, spent he, his he, may entire,
2: been, he may have been at a lounge act while he was getting ready for this, but he knows exactly what he's saying. Go for it, Aaron. Every
3: minute he spent waiting for his ATP to regenerate between sets of squats today was looking on Rhyme.com, looking for a rhyme for this, for this album. I was very, uh, I was stoked to listen to this album again. I didn't, I, I know I never owned this album on CD, but I.
2: Hey, Aaron, did you own it on vinyl? Oh, oh look at that. Oh, way, Russell. Russ bought this at Target, the, the record store of my choice.
3: <laughs> that is red. What's the last song on side one?
2: Because I don't know what it would be like on vinyl.
0: Okay. Now I've actually come up with like three different ones. This is digging very long. <laughs>
2: the last song is your song Polly Aaron, that creepy, really creepy song. Oh, I like that. That's cool.
3: Yeah, so I definitely I, I I knew the songs better than I remembered, but I discovered something new every time I listened to the album. I think it's a great album. I, like Matt, am sort of like, maybe there's a few clunkers on here and the end of it doesn't grab me. Uh, so I'm going to say a very subtle Rolling Groan because I think it belongs in the top 10. But I, I feel like we're going to hear other songs uh, or other albums of similar genres that, that will be better. But uh, it's definitely a top 10 album and I, I love listening to it. But just to be contrary, I'm going to say Rolling Slight Groan.
0: Okay, I didn't hear a word you said because I was focusing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rob, Emerson told us to listen to respond, not to listen to talk.
0: (laughs) Who? Who said that? Uh, And I have to say. Rob is not always right. I have to say. I'm not clipping that noise. I have to say, (laughs) I have outdone myself with this one. I... I
2: cannot Rob, believe Rob's that in that short amount he's of time staring I came up with something. We so can't really tell what he's doing. He's if it looks like you're meditating. This needs to change, Rob. Uh,
0: yes, I'm definitely gonna get down that. This is the definitely fixing this situation that I do one hour a week is definitely at the top of my list right now. One hour. Uh, well, it actually takes me about a half hour to move both girls into one bedroom because I'm using one of their bedrooms as my recording no, studio. Sir, Flabby kidding? Road.
2: You huh? have one of your daughters doesn't sleep in their room no. because you are taping a podcast. Yeah.
0: And they understand that.
2: They're that actually, is, yeah, they're happy to do it. Insanity. They know how important this
0: is. That
2: is insanity.
0: I'm I'm the man of this house, and I'm in charge of
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him. Rob, what's your <laughs> final reading?
0: And get ready for this. It's so good. And I did come up with this at the last minute. It's so oh, It's so good. I'm going to give this a rolling comb, as you are, because I wish I would have listened to this in high school. I think it would have changed my whole life. Okay? I think if I would have listened to this and he was like, you, dug you society, and I'd been like, yeah, fuck society. I don't have to be, like, a popular, cool, handsome guy. I can just be who I want to be. So I think it really would have changed my life. It, it, I don't have to wear deodorant. Oh, no. I don't think that's the, the message of this at all. There is no reason that any human being should not wear deodorant. No. That's wild to me. That is going to next week's making fun of Aaron bit. I don't understand how you don't have deodorant. What do you have in your house? Do you have anything? Do you just have like a lawn chair and like a kiddie pool? That's all I picture your living room. What is going on in your house? You have nothing. It does makes no sense to me. He's in his garage.
1: Got some tomatoes.
0: He's in his garage and all he has is a poster in the back of the Pink Floyd albums on the lead naked ladies backs, which I you know that's pretty cool, I guess, but. That, seems a little bare um and that was a pun so that is it for this very short episode of never Mind from beck did it better next album we are doing is something i didn't look up so what would you guys say it is if you had to guess rumors is it rumor, Fleetwood Mac? Rumor, rumor has it we're doing another rumors. podcast. Yes, yep. we are going to put this out approximately five weeks after that cranberry juice guy got famous, and so we are going to have totally missed the boat talking about Fleetwood Mac. Nice job, everybody. We are going to talk banger after banger, and finally we get to see Aaron be mad talking about rumors. That's it for Beck. Did it better. And now let's see you guys think of a joke in a minute. Oh yeah, let's see if you I can do it. it. I got do it. Oh, no, no, shut. Wait, this could be bad. Or maybe I don't got okay. it. Up if you hear, Aaron's to writing on his garage now. Mrs. Sucker has nice tits, and I want to hold them. Wow. Hold I want to hold them. The <laughs> podcast <for> you, Jack.
2: <laughs> Beck did it better. So maybe if there are trick or treaters that come to my house, do I just give them deodorant instead of candy bars this year? <laughs> That'll help them out. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need to smell like that Teen Spirit. Trust me, middle school me would have been so
0: thankful for you doing that. Because I, I know here I am dressed in a big gorilla costume, just smelling like a bunch of mulch. I must have just smelled awful. I'm
2: gonna get him. The, I'm gonna get him that organic that organic deodorant that Aaron's wife got him for his last birthday. Well, I never understood why my mom was
0: so mad about it all the time I was once on a plane with her and she said what is that smell you didn't put on deodorant and by the way I'm like 17 at the time like I am older than you would think for this story she's like what's going on you're not putting on deodorant what's going on and I goes mom I put on deodorant I I don't know what you're talking about and it turns out the stewardess was sitting behind us next to Matt in the jump seat and she was she was eating a McDonald's hamburger and my mom smelled that and assumed that was my B.O. (laughs)